0: Welcome to another episode of the Looking Forward, Reaching Back podcast, brought to you by the Good Success Group. We are grateful to God for your presence, participation, and partnership. And now, here is Reverend Greer.
1: Before we get into the word of God, let us have a brief moment of prayer. God, be merciful upon us and bless us. Cause your face to shine upon us that your way may be made known upon the earth. Your saving help throughout all generations. Now send the power, pour out your Holy Spirit upon your servant and your people. Let your word be declared and heard truly for Christ's sake, amen. As believers, it is good practice to intentionally spend time studying the events that occurred between Jesus's resurrection and his ascension or his return to his heavenly throne where he is seated at the right hand of God the Father. And so today on this second Sunday of Easter, we will do just that, my friends. Um, and so let us go back first and reread verse 27. It says, "Then said he to Thomas, "Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands, reach hither thy hand." And thrust it into my side and be not faithless, but believing. And so we want to spend some time today speaking from the topic the power in the prince, the power in the prince. And if you would like a subtitle to write down, you can write Compelled by the prince, Compelled by the prince. Now, this is Jesus' second appearance to his disciples behind closed doors, but surely Jesus heard what Thomas said after the first occasion. He was running his mouth, basically. He was woofing or jawjacking, depending on where you come from. Uh, back when I was growing up, we would say he was, he was bumping his gums, right? And see, that's what happens when you feed off the reactions of someone else and you get intoxicated with the sound of your own voice. The more the people around you react to what you're saying, the more junk you seem to talk. Now, while depicted as a loyal follower of jesus prior to the death burial and resurrection john also shows us that thomas is a stubborn realist you can see that in john chapter 11 verse 16 and john chapter 14 verses 5 through 6. but we see here in this text today that what thomas wants is he wants to perform his own autopsy he does not want his faith to be based upon hearsay I know what the other disciples said and and heard, but I want my own experience. If he is to believe the incredible is credible, he wants what the other disciples have received. Namely, he wants his own firsthand experience with the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, if you go back and read uh, the first part of chapter 20 in your own devotion time, you will see this pattern of seeing and believing that has already been established among the other disciples. For example, go back and look at John verse tw- uh, John chapter 20, verse 8. Now, this passage today reminds us that the risen Jesus Christ hears the doubts and the fears of our hearts, whether we speak them or not. And so for this reason, we can be a little kinder to Brother Thomas and to ourselves, perhaps, than what we have traditionally been. Now, no doubt, beloved, Jesus heard what Thomas said. I'll say that again. But Jesus also heard the hearts of the other disciples as they wavered in uncertainty and anxiety. Yes, as they trembled in their spirits, Jesus heard them and he knew them. Family, I contend that it was better for Jesus to deal with the disciples' condition rather than to turn them loose on this mission without offering some remedy for their fears, their doubts and their anxieties. Amen. He needed to address this before he sent them out there to do this great work. And so in this effort to deal with their their doubts, Jesus conceded to Thomas's request to touch the prince, But he established clearly the superior standpoint. Even though the highest commendation is for those who believe without seeing, Jesus nonetheless permits and even compels the touch from Thomas. but if you've been studying or walking with the Lord Jesus Christ, you know that this is a pattern of our Lord and Savior. He often takes what begins as our quest and turns it into his own conquest. And so here in this passage of scripture we go from Thomas's demand to Jesus's gift. Thomas demanded to touch Jesus, but Jesus in turn touched him and at the point of the great reversal in the text, Thomas cries out, my Lord and my God, my God, the risen Christ Jesus, whose eyes are like flames of fire. Do you mind if I talk about my Jesus for a second, whose voice is like rolling waters, overpowers Thomas with a touch of his own. There are powerful dynamics at work in this text today, not only for Thomas, but also for the rest of disciples in that room and in every generation since then. In light of this scene, we should hesitate to take our own limited experiences, our own self-imposed requirements as final. For indeed, Christ is risen, whether I believe it or not. Yes, he is. Sadly, my friends, there are some who will only believe in hell. But I did read in the Bible that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Things in heaven, things on earth, things under the earth shall cry, my Lord and my God just like Thomas does here in our passage today. but well, let me pass on a word of ammunition to you. Be careful, be very careful how you force the Lord's hand, that nail scarred hand. Please be careful how you force the Lord's hand. Do not make the Lord come to you like that. See, it may be more than you've bargained for. It may be more than you can even stand. You've heard the preach word time and time again. You felt the conviction in your heart. Just choose to believe the Lord Jesus and be saved. We don't really need to go through the ordeal, do we? We really don't. Because after getting beat up and dragged around and knocked down, when the Lord picks you up, you still have to confess and believe. You can fail in ministry. You can falter in your marriage. You can get addicted to all kinds of strange drugs. You can go in and out of prisons. You can do whatever you want to do. But guess what? When the Lord comes to you, and to get you straight, you still have to believe. We still have to make the same confession after the ordeal that we are fully capable of making before the ordeal. We don't have to force the Lord's hand the way that we often do, my friends. And one of these days, we may even wish that we had not done it. It is enough to submit and simply say, my Lord and my God. But let's look at Thomas some more here. Unless I touch the prince, unless I thrust my finger, this is Thomas's way of setting up a threshold. The claims of the resurrection had to pass his test, right? Uh, This is the posture of those who seek to make every claim pass their inspection. And friends, it is about more than doubt. See all of the disciples had doubts and fears, but it is also about who gets to set the criteria. So we have to be careful about what authority we assert as human subjects when the works of God are called into question. For who am I to say who the Lord can save? Who the Lord can lift up and heal and deliver? Why is it for me to be the inspector? Who gets to decide? Who gets to decide and say who has been gifted with the spirit of God? Because as you know, some people will say unless I feel what you have on the inside of you, then you don't have any power at all. Now to be sure that's not to be confused with what the New Testament calls works of the flesh and those acts that are not to be listed among Christians. That is not what we're talking about here today. But there is no end to where we can go on presuming to set the criteria saying, unless you meet my test and I give my approval, right? The largest structure, the biggest budget, the most glamorous decor, can be confused with the most spiritual ministry. Having the most people who shout and fall out as the criteria for the worship experience can transform a church into a pyrotechnic display. Yet Jesus flips the axis here by setting the standards with his own presence. How interesting is it that he announced a superior blessing on those who have not seen him as his disciples did, and yet he did not refuse the touching of his prints Amen. indeed he compels the touching he does not accept our subjective criteria as the proof of resurrection but he does show that the risen Christ indeed has prints and even though there's a lesson to be learned here by his behavior let's not be too hard on our man Thomas right because Jesus actually really was not that hard on him if we really go back and study it Jesus did not really scold him that badly If you go back and look, you'll see that Jesus was much rougher in his dealings with Peter. For three times, he asked the fisherman, do you love me? Likely to the point of irritation that Peter answered, Lord, you know I love you. So let's be kinder to Thomas and to all the disciples. And along the way, let's learn some good lessons from them. Amen. Uh, And yes, they were fearful. They were slow to believe. But at least they were gathered together talking about Jesus right? How else would the question of the prince arrive anyhow if they had not been talking about Jesus, right? Uh, How many know that it is good to talk about Jesus? It is good to talk about Jesus, especially when you are afraid, especially when you are scared and or filled with your own doubts and worries. It's good to talk about Jesus because Jesus has something for our fears and doubts, right? You may have your fears and your doubts, But let's at least talk about Jesus. They had to be talking about Jesus for the issues of scars and spears in his side to come into the conversation. And surely they made reference to the nail prints in his feet. They were talking about Jesus. When was the last time that you were scared? And in response, you talked about Jesus. When you're scared and almost out of your mind, the first thing you need to do, my friends, is talk about Jesus. And if you cannot talk about Jesus, find somebody else who will talk to you about Jesus. Amen. Because you see it may be by talking about Jesus that you won't have quite so much time to talk about your fears or about the things that are scaring you in the first place. If you just talk about Jesus, right? And if you talk about Jesus, my friends, be sure to talk about the Prince that Jesus was willing to show and share with Thomas. Yes. Jesus chastised Thomas for not believing that he had risen, but he also invited him to touch the prince because the prince are testimony that the one who has been raised is the same one who suffered and endured pain on our behalf, amen. He is not some figment of the imagination who did not touch physical matter and enter into matter. He is not some ghostly figure to whom my human pain, my doubts and fears do not matter. He is not a savior to whom I do not matter. And so I thank God for the power in the Prince. And if we be honest, my friends, most of our life in the church is spent where Thomas is in this scene. Can I get a witness today? No matter our age or station in the church, we do have those moments in our faith walk, where we do not know if we can stand the test, whether we have been called to that particular assignment, whether we have been left all alone. And as such, we do ask for signs of the Lord's nearness. We ask Jesus for that closer walk, amen? Even though we often are prone to overlook the signs that are given, they come in many acts of blessing, healing, and deliverance. But there is no sign of the Lord's favor that exceeds the one for which Thomas asked, right? Namely, the privilege of touching the prince. Thomas wanted to be compelled by the prince, amen? And be sure to notice, my friends, that Jesus did not deny him. He gives them what he asked for. I think because it is important to note that the risen Jesus Christ is the one who comes with Prince. His resurrection has not removed the Prince. The exaltation has not removed or taken away the Prince. His reign and glory has not removed his signs of suffering, right? The Prince of the sin that he bore are still there. The Prince of the sacrifice that he endured, they're still there. The Prince of his agony and suffering on our behalf, they're still there because indeed he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. And even while we believe today, we should be thankful that Thomas insisted on seeing the prince. Amen. Now, to be sure, the prince do not give the gospel evidence that he rose, but we need to know that the ascended Lord Jesus Christ is the same one who suffered and received prince on our behalf. This is the gospel message that we preach and profess that the one who has ascended and rules heaven and earth is the same Jesus who received Prince. amen? Now, tradition holds that all the disciples who left that room embraced the life of obedience which caused them to glorify God with Prince of their own based upon the end of the fourth gospel. Tradition holds that Peter was crucified upside down on a cross. Tradition holds that Thomas glorified God through martyrdom in India. So whether you are a veteran or a rookie Christian, you need to know that when you suffer and when you pray, the one who hears and responds is the one with the prince. Amen. He even hears the doubts and fears that are sometimes the very prelude to our prayers. And when I don't know how to believe, he takes advantage of the moment for an ecstatic entrance. Right. Even when I don't want to open the door, Jesus knows how to get into the room. Right there, where I'm residing and wrestling with my doubts, my dread, and my despair. Is there a witness today? Even when I am in hiding with the windows shut and the curtains closed, he knows how to get into the room. I can crawl into my little cocoon, right? And he can still enter into the room. And guess what? He always comes with his prince, right? The songwriter was correct. He hears our faintest cry, and he always comes with enough power to compel our faith amen we all need this moment when the risen christ jesus compels us to touch his prince he does this because it's all too easy to become arrogant with our faith in moments of triumph and success where we stand ready to judge others who falter or when we allow our faith to become merely formal a set of right words or acts that we say or perform and no i'm not suggesting that we become sloppy in our liturgy or our worship services that's not the point. And I know MC Hammer said, you can't touch this, but the risen Jesus Christ steps into our midst today and compels us to touch him. He stands to us today, just as he did to Thomas. Behold my hands, reach hither thy hand, thrust it into my side. Be not faithless, but believing. My family, we know that there is power in the name of Jesus, right? We know that the blood still works. But beloved, I've come here today to tell you that there is power in the prince. Oh, yes, there is. In the prince, there is power to overcome our doubts, our lack of faith, our feeble, shrinking, shaking faith. Deep communion and fellowship with Jesus can be had by our touching the prince. So as we travel on our individual and collective faith journeys, let us not despise Thomas. He has done us a great favor. Indeed. And I am a witness that Thomas has done a good work by asking for the prince. Because on many occasions, we need the risen Christ to come to us in our fears, our doubts, and our uncertainty. Yes, even to my fellow ministers of the gospel, who in the cares of ministry, the weight of the work, the load of a long day, Jesus comes with the comfort of his prince. And he says, I know you, I feel you, I hear you, I see you, I care about you. I know that you're having trouble believing right now because of all that you're going through, but I am here. Thanks be to God that the risen Jesus Christ does not get rid of his prince. Being the healer that he was and is, he could have certainly looked at those prints and said, Prince, be gone. I do not want to look like what I have been through. And I know some people like being able to have and share that testimony that they don't look like what they've been through, but that's not what Jesus is saying here. And I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that he does not get rid of the prince. For if he had removed his prince, what Jesus would we have to present to, say, for example, Brianna Taylor's family or George Floyd's family? Because we never know who we might be called to witness to. Amen? And when people are sick and suffering or going through, I promise you, they do not want some polished up version of the risen savior. They want the Jesus that comes with the prince, right? Because they know that there is power in the prince, amen. Saint Augustine said that the marks of the wounds are preserved for healing the hearts of the doubting, amen. And so, we thank God for the power of the prince. We thank God that that Jesus is so acquainted with our sufferings because of his own sufferings, right? That anything that we can experience on this side of, of, of heaven, he's well acquainted with, right? And so, he can he can be with us and go with us. And so we would ask the Savior to help us. He will carry us through all that we go through. Amen. Thanks God for the word. Peace be with you. Maybe someone is watching and listening today and you have yet to experience Jesus for yourself. You have yet to experience the power of the Prince. And maybe you've decided that today is your day, that you don't want to wait any longer to get acquainted with our savior. You don't wanna wait any longer to know our Lord. And so we wanna invite you to go ahead and pray with us right now, amen. Let us turn our hearts to prayer. Lord Jesus, for far too long, I have kept you out of my life. I acknowledge that I am a sinner and that I cannot save myself. No longer will I close the door when I hear you knocking. By faith, I receive your gift of salvation I am ready to trust you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to earth. I believe you are the Son of God who died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead on the third day. Thank you for bearing my sins and giving me the gift of eternal life. I believe your words are true. Come into my heart now, Lord Jesus, and be my Savior forever. Amen. But let us also pray because maybe there's some believers out there today who are struggling with their own doubts, their own fears, their own set of anxieties about what's going on in their lives, not just associated with the pandemic, but just maybe things that they're going through. And they need to have a closer walk with thee, God. They need to have this experience that comes through the Prince, God, they need to recognize and experience the power of the Prince. And so let us pray about that as well. Dear God, we just thank you right now that we don't have this high priest that is not associated and not acquainted with and not familiar with the suffering, the pain, the the doubts, the fears, the anxieties that we can experience on this side of the cross. God, we, sometimes we just need you to To come into the room, God, that where we are, right there where we're residing, right there where we have tucked ourselves away, right there where we've tried to hide under the covers and the blankets and just try to shut out the day, try to shut out our anxieties, but our mind is still right there ticking. Those anxieties are still right there uh, resonating with us in, in our spirits. And so, God, we just ask you to to come into the room and just get so close to us, God, that we can have this touching experience with you, that we can be compelled by the Prince, that we can experience the power of the Prince, God, that we can know that you care about us, that you see us, God, you care about us, and that you're going to respond to us, God, that we're not in this thing alone. And so God, we just thank you for that. Thank you for the reminder, God, today uh, through the text that we read today and that we studied together today, God. We just thank you for that reminder that, and, and this gift that Thomas have given us by asking uh to see the Prince, God. And so, God, we just thank you so much for showing him the Prince, God, for being willing to come to him in his weakness, God, and to show your strength as revealed through your Prince. And so, God, we just thank you for the way you continue to show yourself and to reveal yourself to us all down through the years God we just thank you for allowing us to be compelled by the prince so that we can be compelling witnesses to somebody else God so that they will also know and experience the power in the prince it is in the name of Jesus we pray amen and amen
0: the good success group would like to thank you for listening to and sharing this episode of the looking forward reaching back podcast if you have not already done so please consider subscribing to this podcast so you can be notified of any future programming and to sponsor future episodes of the looking forward reaching back podcast please click on the support button or connect with us via cash app or paypal the information to do so is listed under the description for this episode we thank you so much for your support and stay blessed